The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're what if you're listening across the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Giants are facing the San Francisco 49ers this week. Quick turnaround from the uh, the miracle in Glendale, I guess, on Sunday as the Giants came back from a 21 point third quarter deficit to beat the Cardinals this week the Giants get a little bit of an upgrade in competition facing the San Francisco 49ers and here to help me uh, break down that game is Jay Aponte of SB Nation's Niners Nation Jay thank you very very much for uh, for hopping on the show Ed, thanks for the invite. Uh, really, this game feels a little bit more personal, be- being that I'm from northern New Jersey just a little bit, but I'm um, happy to talk ball with you. I, I was going to say, you know, we talked a little bit about that uh, off air, and I see the Yankee hat, and uh, you told me that uh, that you basic- that, that MetLife Stadium is basically uh, out your window. Yep. So, uh, so, so, so I need an explanation. <laughs> How is Jay Aponte... This is the you know I'm this is this is journalism now. How is Jay Aponte a San Francisco 49ers fan with the place where the New York Giants play basically visible from your window? How <laughs> how does that happen? On certain nights when the stadium's going crazy, you can kind of hear it. That's how close I am. But you know, I've lived in northern New Jersey my whole life. My father's from the Bronx. So if you see the Yankee hat, it's basically there's certain things that are you can have a choice on. It's either New York Yankees or you don't live here. So that's that's obviously one thing, right? But my father was stationed in Indiana um, when he was in the Air Force, and he was allowed to take classes at a certain university, and he chose Indiana. So he said to me he went to a football game uh, over at Notre Dame, which isn't too far from Indiana, and there was a skinny guy who came into the game in the second half, and Notre Dame was losing, and he was wearing number three. Guy ended up being Joe Montana, and eventually he said wherever that guy goes – I'm going to go follow him wherever he goes. And they wound up winning that game, and the rest is history. And I've been a 49er fan ever since. Funny enough, my my father has gone back to being a full Giants fan. So he kind of gave me the 49ers <laughs> and just went right back to being a Giants fan. But I love him for that, and I'm lucky enough now to say that, uh, you know, I can cover the team for a living, uh, even as far as I am. So, so, he, uh, so, so he gave you the 49ers, and then he just – 
threw you under the bus and left. He went right back. It felt like it felt like right after right after Joe left. Um, and it was he was around a little bit for Steve, and it just felt like he all of a sudden all this Giants gear started popping back up in the house, and my dad went right back. But God love him, it's tell cool. Me, I, I love that he loves that. T- tell me, he goes to Giants games and leaves you home. No, I love going to Giants games with him. I mean, the only problem is, is that, you know, during the week, you know, we have so much to do with writing and stuff. So it would have to be on a week that the Niners are not playing. But I love going to Giants Day. I love going to MetLife. Um, it's it's not only it's super close, but I love the atmosphere. And, you know, going to football games is great, especially when it's that close. You know, I've lived in Hudson County, Hoboken my whole life, and it's about 15 minutes from the stadium. But now I'm so close to the stadium. It's really outside my window. Well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll work on you. We'll get you. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get your 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 kind of twisted mind straightened out, and maybe you can come work for me. <laughs> hey, uh, I would love that. Honestly, it's really close. I if if I could walk to the stadium and take care of th- uh, things, uh, that sounds great to me. We just won't tell Kyle Posey who uh, who runs Niners Nation. We just won't tell Kyle about this plan. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, God, God, we hope we hope you're not watching the show, Kyle. We right. hope you're not watching or listening because because you don't you don't know anything about this. Shout out to the big boss, Kyle. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty funny. It's always it's always a, a better idea to, to cover a team that's more local. But I love the 49ers and uh, it's uh, been nothing but a blast since Kyle brought me on. Um, it's been something that I've always dreamt of doing. So. You know, back in the day, before we even get into Thursday night, back in the day, this was quite the rivalry. It was. It's not really that anymore. I mean, just does does Giants, other than the fact that that you know you're from you know Northern Jersey and and all that, do, does it mean anything to you? Anything special, Giants? You know, is it or is it just a family thing for you at at this point? No, it definitely does. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Leonard Marshall knocking out Joe Montana in, in what realistically was Joe Montana's last game as a 49er and kind of the passing of the torch from that. Um, you know, obviously you have the moments where the the wild card game with the comeback and the and the botch field goal, or and then you have the, the Kyle Williams fumble and you have certain moments like that. There is something really juiced up about Giants 49ers always. And it's gone back further than, you know, than I've been born. But from me, for me, obviously the the touch of being here with a lot of Giants fans gives it that extra juice. But there's just something about seeing that old school Giants logo with the the word Giants with the line under it and those blue uniforms when the Giants and the 49ers seem to lock up all the time in the playoffs that makes me makes me remember, you know, what was so special about this rivalry and then to fast forward to the wild card game with uh, Terrell Owens and Michael Strahan, and then you know the NFC Championship game before the Giants win the Super Bowl. Whenever the 49ers and Giants lock up, it always seems to bring back all of those memories. So it doesn't have the juice that it used to have, but it still holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And by the way, I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, of the Giants on the side of the helmet. I'm not yes. a big fan of of the lowercase NY. I'm it. I'm just lower. That looks first of all, it looks wimpy, mm-hmm. and second of all, they've been in New Jersey for how many years now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my thing, I, Ed, just, is my thing, Ed, is is those color rush jerseys that you guys wear with those Giants lo- with the Giants logo that the all white. I mean, the 49ers are going to win their their '94 throwbacks. How did you guys not make it happen that we would have the color rush jersey against the 94 jerseys? It would have been the greatest matchup of uniforms, I think, in my opinion. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go yell at the Giants equipment staff. <laughs> 
But uh, hey, let's let's talk a little bit about Thursday night. And let me actually start here. You know, since since you've you've got the the connection to the Giants, you look at this the the 49ers are a 10 and a half point favorite. Everybody thinks this is a cakewalk for the for the 49ers. Just what do you think of this Giants team and and where it's going in the direction that that it's moving in with Joe Shane, Brian Dable, Daniel Jones, you know, all of that. What do you what do you think of of this version of the Giants? You know, honestly, right now it's two games and it's hard to say that anything's a disappointment, but I did not see you guys coming out of the gates like this. Obviously, the first week, uh, we don't want to get into that. Whatever happened, it was rain soaked. It, it just wasn't the best outcome right there. And then obviously what happens with Arizona, but last season, the 40, the 49ers, I'm sorry, the Giants were such a fun team to watch. And and it started from week one with Brian Dabble going for two right away. And that's a, that's a culture shifter. Right. Like this is a guy that says, listen, we've got to change things here and I'm not here to mess around. Winning that game in Tennessee right there signified, here we go. We're changing the culture here. And you guys go through this season where Daniel Jones takes all these steps. Saquon Barkley stays healthy. You guys do such a great job by finding Isaiah Hodgins at the end of the year. And then you go into Minnesota and you beat them. And I had had the feeling going into this season like, well, the Giants are a bit of an upstart team. Right. You get Jalen Hyatt. Love him in the draft. You bring in Darren Waller. Who, who is a tight end, but he doubles like a wide receiver. You know, you, you bring back Barkley. You start to think Evan Neal is going to take steps. Andrew Thomas is obviously a baller. Like, you you start to feel like you guys are building something, but then two games in, this is how it goes. This is not indicative of the team that I thought I would be seeing this year, and I had much higher um, thoughts of, of you guys this year than what you've shown so far. But that doesn't mean that within 15 games there can't be any steps or any growth. And I think that's the best part about this is no matter how how badly it started for the first six quarters of the season, I believe, for the first six quarters, the last two have at least put you in a spot where you've won a game now. Who knows what's going to happen Thursday? And you still will have 14 games after the fix the ship. I just really love the direction you guys are going in, the way you guys have been drafting. And I love the coaching staff and the culture that you guys are building over there. Right. I think the interesting thing is, obviously, 60 to nothing after six quarters of play is not a good look. But when you really look at it, I think everybody probably would have expected the Giants to be one and one after two games. Very fair. It hasn't looked pretty. It hasn't been what anyone would have anticipated. But the the way that they won on Sunday is one of those – momentum builders can be a a season shifter and just you know spinning forward to Thursday night from the 49ers perspective I mean is there any worry is there any thought that you're going to be facing a Giants team that might carry that sort of comeback 31 points in the second half carry that sort of momentum into Thursday night I mean that's always the worry this is the NFL Guys get paid on that other side, too. You know, look, take, for instance, the 49ers. In week one, they're headed into Pittsburgh. You think that's going to be a tough game? Well, the 49ers walked all over the Steelers. Then you get into week two, and the Los Angeles Rams are there, and you say, well, no Cooper Cup, and they're a little bit roster barren. And the Rams gave the 49ers all they can handle. Now, albeit that's a divisional game and everything, but this is the NFL. It's very much momentum-driven, and it's week to week. 
The only thing that would concern me is the fact that Saquon Barkley is probably on the wrong side of questionable. I, I, I know that that the coach said today that he's not ruling him out. But what you guys have that is something that's a little bit nerve wracking for 49er fans is a mobile quarterback and a guy who can make things happen with his legs. And the 49ers have, have struggled to contain guys like that, you know, whether it be Russell Wilson or, you know, even Dak Prescott, guys who can move just a little bit, not necessarily running quarterbacks. Those will probably be the worst, but guys who can pick things up with their legs when the play breaks down on third down. If the 49ers cannot contain Daniel Jones in the pocket and he's able to run around and continue to get first downs and continue drives and keep that defense on the field for a little bit, it's going to be a t- it's going to be tough sledding for the 49ers if they're not careful. Now, you can look at both rosters and say, hey, listen, this one roster has a huge discrepancy against the other. But this is the NFL. You expect Brian Dabble to to draw things up, put put him in a position where he can play well. And you never know if that momentum carries over from Thursday and they start out hot and maybe the 49ers come out flat in a short week in which they just had a physical game with the Rams. Things can you know change. And that's that's kind of where it is, where in the beginning of the game, you got to come out a little bit hot in front of the home crowd. If you don't, the Giants really don't. They have nothing to lose. No one is is betting on them right now in this game, and that's a dangerous thing to play against. Absolutely. One of the things about the NFL is the type of game that happened week one with the Giants-Cowboys. In the NFL, those games are aberrations. Right. What you see more more often than not is the kind of game that, that the 49ers played against the Rams last week. Now, the 49ers are better than the Rams. They have a better roster. They have more talent. But these are still professional football players. They're still among the best players in the world. And those those games still come down to five, six, seven plays. It's just a matter of, you know, the teams that are significantly better usually make the majority of those plays. And like when it was Giants-Cowboys, most of those swing plays turned into touchdowns for Dallas. And... That's how you get blowouts. But usually, even in blowouts, you can you can identify a half a dozen plays that would have, if not changed the outcome, would have made it much closer. 100%. Turnovers are always going to kill you. And in this league, you cannot turn the ball over. And that was really the difference between the 49ers and Rams game. Matthew Stafford threw two interceptions. The 49ers didn't turn the ball over. And that game was so contested that it felt like the first team to make, you know, to, to have a turnover or to make a play was the one that was going to swing the game. And, and again, in a game where it was raining, you know, over here at MetLife and, and the Cowboys were juiced up in that game, obviously, it started an avalanche, unfortunately. And then you start to get away from your game plan. And then you start to try to throw yourself back into the game because you start to see that the the they're they're up by so much. Those games are aberrations. That that was my thing more than anything with the Pittsburgh Steelers thing is that 49er fans kind of forgot that this is the NFL and guys on the other side are not – it's not going to be cakewalks. Even if you are against the most roster-bearing team, they are going to keep things close generally. This is the NFL. It's, it's the greatest league of parity, in my opinion, regardless of records because of the talent that you can have. You can have one or two players on one team and you can have a roster full of mid-level players. But those one or two play one or two players are game changers, and when they make game changing plays, they can swing games, and that's kind of what you look at when you're looking at this. And the Giants have players like Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, who are absolute game changers on the inside. The 49ers are going to have their hands full trying to keep them uh, away from Brock Purdy. And you know, if if 
if Thibodeau and, and Ojolari play and they, they can actually get some pressure in this game, then things start to change a little bit. But it all it's all dependent on the team that shows up on Thursday on both sides. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So let's talk a little bit about the 49ers and about Brock Purdy. The 49ers quarterback situation, quarterback history basically with Kyle Shanahan as head coach is just so interesting. And and now, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and drafting Trey Lance and and starting Trey Lance and him getting hurt and now getting traded to Dallas. And I still don't know why Jerry Jones gave a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance, but that's a whole different story, and it's Jerry Jones. But, you know, you you bring in Sam Darnold, who has a story of his own, and your starting quarterback is Mr. Irrelevant from, from a year ago, who came out of nowhere and played really, really well last year. He's played really well so far. This year is is Brock Purdy the guy that's finally going to put an end to this merry-go-round and be Kyle Shanahan's guy for a while? 49 fans certainly hope so. And that's the hope. Everything that you've seen within the 10 starts, the 10 regular season starts, has led you to believe that that is a possibility, a strong possibility. He's a captain on the team. When you hear the way that this team speaks about him, I've never heard Kyle Shanahan defend a quarterback on this team since he's been here more than Brock Purdy. Um, Brock Purdy had his first so-so regular season game, and he missed some wide-open throws that were walk-in touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan walked right to the podium and said, I'm not worried about it. He'll figure it out. That's never something that he would have said about Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer. The names go on and on. And it's just a little bit – it was a little bit frustrating for 49er fans who seem to have their fears a little bit calmed right now that this genius of a coach who can draw plays and understands defensive matches and knows how to and knows how to use defensive rules against the defense in in terms of like if you're a linebacker he knows what you're supposed to do and he's going to make you do that but it's going to be to his advantage for him to be able to to craft this offense and be labeled what he is and win all these games to not have the quarterback figured out is the part that is the most head scratching part when you come to Kyle Shanahan now Everything that you've seen from Brock Purdy, I don't think is a fluke. I think it's very, it's very, it's a small sample size. So it's very easy to get taken by, hey, you haven't seen enough. I don't know. But 
from everything that I've seen, and especially with the compliments of, wep- of, of weapons that they put around him, McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, um, Trent Williams, all of these guys, and then that defense, it certainly feels like Kyle feels like he's finally gotten his guy. And without Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan's on the hook for one of the greatest mismanagement of picks in terms of the Trey Lance thing. And now because they've won so many games and went to the NFC Championship game two times during the time that Trey Lance is here and now Brock Purdy's here, people kind of just chalk it up to, well, the draft's a crapshoot. But it wouldn't be that way if they were sitting here right now with a mid-level quarterback while waiting to see what they were going to do in the, in next year. And that probably means Kirk Cousins. Right. With the amount of resources that the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance – considering how little he had actually played in college it was quite the risk and 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 you're right Brock Purdy is taking the organization off of a big hook there one of the things that we always say about quarterbacks and 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 it applies to Daniel Jones a little bit too because when he when the Giants hired Joe Shane and Brian Dable John Mara said, you know, we've done everything possible for three or four years now to screw this kid up. We've given him the wrong coaches. We've we haven't given him the right players, all that, all that kind of stuff. And and I guess where that leads me to with Brock Purdy is as I said, we talk about situations, we talk about landing in the right place. Did the NFL just completely miss on Brock Purdy's skill set? Or did he just land in the perfect situation for the kind of quarterback he is with the kind of coach that Kyle Shanahan is? That's a great question, Ed. And I think the answer isn't one or the other, and it's somewhere in the middle. And I think that was kind of the thinking for the number three pick, whoever it was going to be before we found out it was Trey Lance's. You're about to land in probably the most quarterback-friendly situation right, with a play caller who can give you layups with a a bunch of of playmakers and everything. Yes, I think some people missed on the evaluation with Brock Purdy. I do also believe that there has been a big change into how people look for quarterbacks in the draft and what they're looking for. You want the guy with the legs. You want the guy with the arm. But then you start to forget some of the things that have made other quarterbacks successful that haven't been as fast, haven't been as strong, haven't had the stronger arms. And it's anticipation. It's seeing it before it's seeing it before it comes through and throwing it. Those type of things. So the funny part is, is while everyone is looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, even, you know, someone like Daniel Jones, who can who can move with his legs and, and complete passes and put stress on the defense. The shift now is. Well, people in the draft are going to start asking, well, how do we find our Brock Purdy? And when you start chasing something that is an anomaly a bit is when you find yourself in trouble because you're trying to find something that's not typical. And finding a guy with the last pick and having him be the successful isn't typical, regardless of the fact that the coach knows exactly how to get guys open and he has all these playmakers. It's a little bit of both, in my opinion, Ed. It's more about the fact that Brock Purdy commands these guys, they believe in him, and he makes some big-time throws, and he really knows where to go with the football, and I think he sees it the way Kyle Shanahan wants his quarterback to see it, and I think that's as important as it gets. Right. Teams take that day three quarterback flyer every so often, and there's, there's hundreds of guys who flamed out of the league you know, in a year or two years, 
but there there aren't very many guys who turned into Brock Purdy or who turned into you know Tom Brady and it's it's I'm not equating you know Purdy to Brady accomplishment wise but they're examples of of guys who you know who've been successful as end of the draft type selections it just doesn't happen very often you, you always understand teams taking that flyer but but the hit rate shoot the hit rate on quarterbacks in the first round isn't good so the so the hit rate on on quarterbacks in the seventh round isn't very good either and the other part is is to return value on a seventh round pick the last pick it doesn't have to be much because those seventh round picks barely make rosters you've got yourself a starting quarterback that is the third he, there's two other quarterbacks on the 49ers roster that make more money than Brock Purdy he doesn't even count as a cap hit for the 49ers he's not even part of the 53 cap hit this is how you're able to keep Trent Williams George Kittle Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk hopefully next year uh you know you're able to keep Christian McCaffrey and Fred Warner and all these guys the Kyle Shanahan is trying to do something that isn't really typical in the NFL right now because it's big, bad Mahomes almost any time that you get into the Super Bowl. And every guy that's in his way is either one of these young guys who is big, fast, strong, athletic, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. You're looking at those type of players. And Kyle Shanahan is trying to do it with defense, playmakers, and a guy that everyone overlooked. He's trying to do something that is not typical in that fashion, especially in this era of football. All right, Jay, you mentioned the big bad Mahomes monster. Okay. And, you know, God bless anybody who's trying to succeed when they when they're trying to sell Kadarius Tony as their number one wide receiver. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that the, you know, I, from afar. This whole Giants and Tony thing has been nothing but fun for me to watch. I, I just I never seen anything like this where a fan base and a, and a player have had these type of interactions. <laughs> it it is it is really amazing. It, and every time Kadarius Tony takes to social media to start ripping on Giants fans, it just reaffirms why the Giants were right to move on because he's he he's he's incredibly talented, but. And we're getting sidetracked, but Tony is incredibly talented, but I'm not sure he's a guy who takes his job very seriously. And he's basically a nine-year-old with a, with a social media platform. Yeah, it's just, it, it's funny. I just remember the time that he was here and like he missed camp because he wanted to shoot a music video. And I'm just like, man, like football is not a priority for you. And then you would think, being in a culture in Kansas City with Andy Reid, you literally just helped them win a Super Bowl, that it would kind of open your eyes to the fact that you've got a second lease on life in the NFL, and it doesn't seem like he's learned too much about it. <laughs> I guess not. But let's let's get back to the Mahomes monster quickly. And and, and since you brought him up, the, the question is this. You guys came, you know, within within a Brock Purdy injury possibly of being in the Super Bowl at the end of last season is this year you know one of those years where it's it's a disappointment if the 49ers don't get to the Super Bowl is that yeah. the bar for this team 
I think it is. I really do at this point. I mean, they've been so close so many times and they've gone all in with all of their guys. I mean, you making a trade for Christian McCaffrey and sending those draft picks away, which is well worth it, by the way. I'm, the young man has 11 touchdowns in 11 straight games. Um, he's just been incredible. He's been the engine of the offense. You have all these guys in their prime. They're not getting any younger. Trent Williams is not going to continue to play football forever. George Kittle is a very physical player. Can he continue to play at this level? And then you start to look around, and I know it's week two. The NFC looks a little open right now, right? There's no Rodgers anymore, obviously, you know, unfortunately what happened with him with the Jets. But, you know, Dallas looks really good. But have we seen Dallas in like a real battle with a, a higher a higher tier team at this point the eagles on thursday they didn't look so great against minnesota as well too and how much of shane steichen's influence has is gone now and now hurts looks a little bit more mortal at this point yes it's week two and you don't want to think that way but you start to look around in the nfc and you start to think man there, there's tears to who's up here and if you can find a way to win a bunch of games especially early in the season which is what what makes this game so important for the 49ers and you can get that home field advantage and have the NFC Championship game come through you, then you almost double your chances to make it. And I think this fan base is, is sick and tired of getting there, getting close, getting close. It's got to be the year that you at least get there. And then the big question is, can Purdy slay the Mahomes monster if he's the one who makes it, which I'm not betting against him now at this point, because who can at this point? It really took – I think people forget that the Super Bowl that the, the, the Chiefs lost – Every single one of their offensive linemen got injured in that game. And even Patrick Mahomes running around and, and trying to produce magic couldn't make anything happen when you have that, that amount of pressure in your face. So, yes, I would say absolutely if the 49ers don't make the Super Bowl this season feels like a disappointment. All right, let's talk a little bit about Thursday night. Obviously, we talked at the top of the show. Giants are a heavy underdog. If the Giants are going to have an opportunity if the Giants can are going to pull off this upset, what does that look like? And, and what's the chink in the armor? What's the chink in the armor that, that the Giants could possibly take advantage of? Design runs with Daniel Jones. I mean, if he starts to give them fits where they can't, they can't contain him in the pocket and he's able to keep, keep the, the, the chains moving and our good old friend, if it's not Saquon Barkley, our good friend, Matt Breida, if he can get the, the ground game going and they can start running zone read and put those running backs in conflict as to where they have to be. That was kind of a, a tipping point, you know, at certain times with running backs and, and, and the 49ers defending them. And then on defense, if you guys can create turnovers, I think you're going to have to create turnovers. You're going to have to have a bounce go your way, maybe a, a punt return, something like that. You're going to need something else on defense. You, you're, you're not going to be able to just bend but don't break with this offense. You're going to have to make things happen, whether that be a fumble, whether that be a tip pass, it's an interception. There's got to be ways for you guys to create big plays that are going to swing this game and at least bring it to a level where, okay, now the 49ers have to play a game where they have to be a little bit more under control because if this starts to get away early in the game, the 49ers have the running game to just put this thing away. And if you guys are, are predictable on offense where you have to pass, 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 it's not going to be it's not going to be a fun time. The secondary is a little bit iffy right now. Um, Isaiah Oliver took over in the slot. I think there's a little bit of a chance for you to try something there. If you maybe you, you know, it was great to see Jalen Hyatt, you know, uh, pop out a little bit last week. If Jalen Hyatt can get some some advantageous matchups and Daniel, Daniel Jones can deliver the ball, that's kind of where that play action can really set you guys up with big plays and opportunities to, to score quickly. So there's there's many things that you can do, but mainly 
if you can control the game with zone read and have the 49ers have a tough time trying to stop Daniel Jones with his legs or Matt Breida with his legs, or even if it is Saquon Barkley, I'm not going to bet against him, but the run game is probably the best way on offense for you to control the clock and keep the 49ers offense off the field. I do get a kick out of this whole Saquon Barkley magical healing powers <laughs> thing because because if he had these magical healing powers, how come he missed an entire season with a torn ACL and he's and and this will be the fourth time in his career that he's missed you know multiple weeks with an ankle injury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get a kick out I I get a kick out of the. The he heals faster than most human beings thing, which that come on. I have to give respect you know? to I have to give respect to the Giants coach for uh, even throwing it out there to at least keep the 49ers on their toes and think that they have to prepare well, for that. Well, of, of course he was going to do that, yeah. and, and I wrote that today too. Of course he was going to do that. It's it's gamesmanship. Yep. It's 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 the thing that that NFL coaches do all the time. They won't tell you in March who the play caller is going to be on offense because, well, that's a competitive advantage for somebody in the middle of September if we tell you in March. Like, Seriously? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Old habits die hard in the NFL, and uh, there's, uh, there's always but, those older rules that you have to go by, right? Like, you yeah. can't tip your hand, keep it close to the vest, but I think – I think you don't have to be a doctor to, to believe that Saquon Barkley is probably but, not going to play on Thursday. But you know, it, it, and not to not to dip my toes into politics here, but I think that the NFL NFL teams NFL head coaches guard secrets more closely than the government does. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. So it's it, it it's it's kind of uh, it, it it's kind of scary, but. Uh, it it does seem to be the way the way of of the NFL. All right, um, is there something when you look at the Giants and you look at the matchup? Is there something that you you look at the 49ers and you just salivate and you think San Francisco is really going to take advantage of the Giants in this particular area? Yeah, or could really take advantage of the it's, Giants. It's a defensive line against the offensive line. Um, you know, Andrew Thomas. Absolutely. Andrew Thomas with the hamstring injury, that's tough. But the Evan Neal thing is perplexing because the young man is so talented. And I think the Giants' only recourse right now is to let him go through the growing pains right now. You know, Nick Bosa's is pretty much back now. Um, he had five pressures at the end of that game. Um, and Javon Hargrave is no stranger to the Giants as well, too. This kind of feels like where there's a chance for the 49ers defensive line to really tee off um, on these matchups, especially if Thomas can't go. That's a hamstring injury to alignment. Never a good thing. The Evan Neal thing is something where I think the Giants fans, you have to just be patient with the young man because he is talented. But you have to let him go through the bumps and bruises. And and I don't know if benching him is the is the way to go at this point. Um, so. It's really defensive line against offensive line. This this 49ers team, I think, is close because they were at the end of the game last last week to really just piling up the pressures and sacks in this one. I think that's the thing that scares me as well. If the Giants are not able to to run the football, to maybe control some things with with some quick game, things like that, getting behind in this game 
when you have no Andrew Thomas, you have no Ben Bredesen at left guard with a concussion. You have, you know, struggling Evan Neal. Now, you know, Marcus McKeithen did a good job Sunday, but Thursday night will be his second NFL game. John Michael Schmitz is a rookie starting center. Mark Lewinsky is probably going to be starting at left guard for the first time since 2016. And Josh Azudu starting his second game as an NFL left tackle. That's four Joe Shane draft picks out of that group, and they all might eventually be good NFL players, but they're all still very, very inexperienced. So I'm with you that that's the scary part for me. You know, did, did you really have to go and sign Javon Hargrave? You know what's funny is I had no inkling that they were going to do that at all. and I don't think they did either. Well, here's the thing. I it's a, it's a little bit of a pattern with Kyle Shanahan and players that they love. And, and you're going to laugh at the other one because it happened on the same day. But I spoke to a former player who was on the 2019 Super Bowl team. And we talk, we, you know, he, we talk a, a little bit on um, messages and he said, isn't it funny? All of the day one acquisitions were literally three players in the same season that we were there that Kyle Shanahan would not be quiet about. And he would literally praise those three players was in the Super Bowl in 2019 or 2020 um, against the Chiefs, Charvarius Ward. Day one, he's available, signed to a massive contract. Javon Hargrave would not be quiet about him in 2020 when they played during the COVID season. Day one, signed. The third one is the most hilarious one, and this is what, I mean, I guess Kyle Shanahan knows better than I do. They played the New York Jets at MetLife, would not shut up about Sam Darnold. Day one, signed right after Javon Hargrave. When Kyle Shanahan gets tunnel vision on his guy, he will get him, and it does not matter the price. Wow. it's yeah. That's crazy, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I... If, if this game gets out of control, if the Giants are behind by a couple of scores, then then it gets it gets really, really difficult. I wanted to ask you about Evan Neal. Did you did you study Evan Neal in, at Alabama? Did you watch him? The one thing that we have concluded, the one thing that we think about Evan Neal, if you remember, he didn't test at the combine. He didn't test at his pro days. He's a big, massive, strong guy. And we all saw the, I think the box jump videos that he put that he put on on social media. The one thing that we all thought was that he was this tremendous, nimble, dancing bear of an athlete. But he never tested. He never put those numbers on tape. And I think the thing that we're seeing is that he is not as good a mover. He is not as good an athlete as we thought. And I wonder if they protected him, you know, in the draft by not testing him. Because I think that he he still you can cover for some of the 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 issues that he has, but he has in just in terms of of foot speed and all of that. Because he's so big and so strong and so long, but he has work to do on his technique to get there. And I mean, all right, so I'm just curious, you know, it, it sounds to me like you didn't see this kind of struggle coming from him. I didn't. And I was actually at that combine that he didn't go to as well. And and the combine is the, the best place to either boost 
or kill your stock. And that's kind of the buzz around, and I hate to pivot to somebody else, but this is just an example. You know, we all look at Kayvon Thibodeau, and we, we saw a guy that we was just like, wow, he was athletic in Oregon. The buzz around him was that he just didn't interview well with a lot of teams, and it just kind of went that way, right? So you can go there, and you can put some really good things out there. I think we all thought that Evan Neal is coming from Alabama. It's probably the, the highest level of competition that you could be playing in. He's an athletic freak. The thing is, is what I didn't account for was the things that are going on up here right now, I think. A lot of it is up here, and with, with offensive linemen, you can spiral fast when the game is moving too fast for you. And if you're not as athletic as people believe, you can start the win with technique. I don't know how that works. I don't know how uh, to fix it. I don't know how your offensive line coach and your team fixes it. There is a player in there. I believe that you guys can still get something out of, but it is immensely frustrating to see that the one thing you kind of banked on, which we all did. And when I, when I looked at him and I evaluated him, I said, man, this guy's athletic. This is an, this is a home run pick for the giants. He's going to be able to do things where he'll be able to pull outside and run in front of Daniel Jones and protect him. And now that is taken away. It's how do you win at the NFL level now when the athleticism that you thought was going to be there isn't there anymore? It's got to get back down to basics and teaching technique and being able to play within yourself and understanding whatever limitations you do have at this level. But understanding that as long as you're sound technique wise, you have communication, you're passing off stunts, you know exactly where the rush is coming from. Those are that's how you can overcome the lack of athleticism. But gosh, it's, it's so disappointing to see that athleticism not translate from Alabama. Absolutely. All right, Jay. Um, just uh, last thing, really, just a, a quick prediction uh, from you on uh, on on Thursday night. Um, yeah, I've got the 49ers in this one. Um, I, I love the idea of you guys coming off of this win, staying in Arizona, staying on the West Coast. I believe you go to Seattle right after, right, uh, on Monday night. So you'll be spending this entire time on the West Coast, which is good. You don't have to keep flying back and forth. I think this was kind of the best way for you well, guys. I think, to go, yeah. yeah, I think this one, I think this is actually the end of their trip. Because oh, so they they'll go back home. and then they'll, and then they'll come they'll, back. They'll, they'll go back home and they play Seattle at home. Oh, oh at home. So okay, I'm sorry. I thought it was Seattle, Seattle. They play Seattle at home. No, they okay. stayed because they were in Arizona. So okay. this will be – Thursday night will be the end of their trip. Right. Okay, and then, my mistake. Uh, my mistake. I'll but, be a big Giants they, fan Monday night, though, that game, definitely. There you go. There you go. They're uh, – you know they're that then they're on the road for a couple of weeks after that and they're on the road for forever and ever it seems like the first half of the season <laughs> you know i i don't want to disrespect any nfl team um especially you know being on this platform which is giant centric or anything like that but you know the 49ers if they are the team that we believe them to be then this is a game that they should walk away with a win um obviously vegas thinks this is going to be you know 10 plus points I've watched enough NFL to know that these are the type of games that when you think you know something about it, something else happens, crazy things happen. I'm not going to discount the, the the Giants, even if I don't believe that Saquon Barkley is going to play in this game. But I do think the 49ers are going to walk away with this. I, I don't really have a score prediction for you, but I, I do think that the 49ers get it done at home. All right, Jay. It, it's it's hard to uh, to disrespect the Giants when you're wearing a Yankee hat. So hundred uh, percent. I hope I hope I bought myself. I hope I bought myself some leeway, please. Well, you you bought yourself just just uh, just enough, especially since uh, I happen to be a Yankee fan as well. So. There you go. So there you go. All right. So uh, thank you very very much for for hopping on for a little while. I've enjoyed this conversation. I hope uh, our listeners enjoy it as well. 
Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please uh, stay safe out there. Take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.